our passion didn't start with a mouth. It started with people, with the well-being of the profession. And if you're like me, maybe a little bit of your nerdiness and all things tech too. We all want to love what we do, but the truth is burnout, people problems, and glass ceilings can keep us from doing what we set out to do. So let's get back to the heart of connection. Welcome to the Dental Handoff. This show is about passing you the knowledge, the habits, the systems, and the strategies to lead your teams, lean on your tech, and listen to your gut while you take care of people and truly the overall health of our communities. Let's stop using the wrong end of the toothbrush, y'all. My name is Dr. Kelly Tanner. Oh, and uniquely, I'm a dental hygienist too. You can consider me a guru in the dental and leadership industry. With over three decades of experience, my goal is to take you to the next level by empowering growth, perspective, and confidence. By identifying the gaps, recognizing the plaque, and extracting the truth with the other experts in the field. I'll share their stories, empower you to own yours, and elevate your passion in the process. So have a seat in the chair, put on your bib, and let's get to work. Welcome to the Dental Handoff. I am Dr. Kelly Tanner, and today we are at SmileCon, and I'm recording this live with Dr. Marilyn Sandor. Marilyn, thank you so much for being with us. It is a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. I just met her. I was introduced to to her and I said, you have got to tell your story on the podcast because it has so much to do with leadership, communication and technology. So, but before we get into that, the question that I always ask every guest is why dentistry? Did you choose it? Did it choose you? I'd say that it chose me. I knew from the time I was young that I wanted to do something in the health professions, that I wanted to help people. And my family always really uh, valued the arts. And so being artistic, being interested in people, being interested in music, it all came together perfectly with pediatric dentistry. And so did you practice in a regular general setting at all or is it has it always been pediatric? It's always been pediatric. After I graduated from dental school, I went straight to my residency and straight from my residency, I opened my practice and I did it the way I wanted to for 23 years. That's awesome because a lot of a lot of folks will start off in an office and sort of see the pediatric patients in there as a part of a general practice that I've heard different ways of doing things. And I just am so interested and curious too about, you know, how did you do it that way? Why, you know, why? And so, but it sounds like you just jumped right in full on. I enjoyed everything in dental school. I really enjoyed very much um, all of my coursework. Prosthodontics was one of my favorite because I like doing like meticulous small things. But I think it was the patients in a pediatric practice are different. They're really like, um, just like, exciting. It's new. It's different. Every occasion you have the opportunity to change their outlook on life. And it's, it's really great to be able to educate and be able to inspire and just have fun and listen to movies all day long and have music playing. And it's okay if you make a silly joke. I feel like I connect well with like babies and teens. (laughs) 
Now, did you wear like fun scrubs and socks and shoes and stuff like that? <laughs> I, you know, it's funny. It's like, I always kind of branded with color. And so we don't have as much like visual input in the way of like characters other than um, I'd say like my logo character, I branded it with like this cute little alligator that his name is Allie the Alligator. And we did more colors and um, smell and just softness and more of like an experience. So for the patient, it was more like um, the, the smell of the office when you came in, the colors that you were experiencing, again, like the comfort for the patient, not having scary visuals and really having everything geared towards the perception of the child and the teens and the college students. So it's meant to be something that is welcoming. That's all, because I know of, that's the first time I've thought of that. And I'm thinking of pediatric offices that I've been into and I could see some of what you're talking about, but I guess I never thought mentally that it was that intentional, but you're exactly right. It's it's not, for instance, when you go into a general practice, they have pictures of smiles and mouths and lookbooks of things and veneers and, and all of that. I, I, it's funny. I just had kind of like this peculiar, um, maybe hang up about putting too many things with like teeth or mouths because it's really not what I wanted the children to be like looking at other than like their own smiles and the pleasantness of being there and the idea of self-care and how wonderful it is to be able to learn to take care of yourself and how you should value yourself, your health, the importance of your smile. And so most of it is like intended to be uh, like a spa-like experience, but at all ages. That is so cool. And then, so you are not doing that anymore. Tell me, tell me what you went into. What was your path like? Well, my path was really to try and um, I'd say forward, pedi- move pediatric dentistry forward in every way possible. I have a story that I tell sometimes that when I first opened my practice, I was with um, my dental rep and I had the big catalog plopped down in front of me. And this is like 20 something years ago. And the catalog was all of our supplies that we would order. And I said, you know what, you guys, you really ought to make like a pediatric catalog, like just separate out the pediatric stuff. And my rep said, don't worry, you can find the small things in the back. That's what everyone does. I was like, <laughs> and so it's funny how much things have changed along the way. I was telling you earlier that I decided that we needed something more for pediatric dentistry. And um, one of my inventions was the Zuby Profi Angle. So some might be familiar, but uh, the idea behind that was to give children kind of like an a participatory role in what's going on. So we would gear it towards them like, okay, you're here today. Would you like Francesca the Flamingo, Penelope the Penguin, or Chase the Cheetah to be cleaning your teeth today? And then what flavors would you like? And what, you know, what afterwards, we call it like the glitter, like the fluoride varnish. And so you kind of go through it like, so it's really like you're engaging them. And nowadays, like, say you go to a nail salon, you're doing the same thing. You're picking things out yourself. You're making choices for yourself. And so I felt like I really needed to kind of move things along this way to really elevate our profession and move pediatric dentistry, not just um, from like a physical manual laboring activity to something that really focused on the education of the patient and the education of the parent. And so to... um, provide us a platform so that those of us that enjoy educating would be able to impart our knowledge and do it quickly, do it easily, and 
long story short, I have created a telehealth product that is virtual care for dentistry that anyone can download from the app store or the play store. And it's called Good Checkup. Okay. So you went from creating a product that all of us know and love in our practice and you've gone on to be, you're just, you're an innovator. You are a forward thinker. And she was telling me about this app, you guys. And I thought our industry can use this in so many different ways that I think the, the possibilities are just unlimited with this. So tell us all about it. I want you to tell. I'm so excited. How's that? Okay. I'm excited. So again, this is like one of these things that when you had a little free mental space to come up with stuff, there are a lot of like COVID startups. So over the pandemic, when we were at home, I was really embracing the at home. <laughs> uh, I started to get messages from my patients and we were FaceTiming and there were a lot of questions, very valid questions. I was thinking, gee, I'm out of my office. What can I do? I want to do everything from my phone. And I created an app so that you can work from your phone and you can have basically your whole office in your hand. And the idea is let patients communicate with you where they want to. And that's on their phone with a HIPAA compliant, cyber secure application so that you can provide virtual care. So I think I probably have to re-record that because <laughs> I don't know how, how easy that is to understand. But basically, all you need is your phone to download a platform where you can connect with your patients virtually and be able to give advice and care write up your notes, do simple charting, and even write prescriptions. And you can do it all by yourself. All you need. I think both ways you just explain it are, are awesome. So what she was showing me is that there's a there and you can explain it more, but I'm just telling you what I just saw. Um, what she has on her phone is a, she downloaded both portions of it. So the provider portion and then the patient portion of the app. And then there's different versions of it. So from the tell me about the provider side of it from the dentist side, what are you seeing? We'll start there first. Is that okay yeah. to start that way? So from the dentist side, what you would download is an app called Good Checkup Doctor. And this is for a dentist or it is for a registered dental hygienist who would like to be able to communicate virtually with their patient. With their Good Checkup Doctor, you're going to see things on there that are really easy and amazing and useful. So for instance, if a patient requested an appointment, you would already have input your availability. You'll also input what you may or may not want to charge for your virtual visit. And you'll be able to accept an appointment and see in advance what it is that the patient is concerned about. So you'll be able to see their medical history, their dental history, preliminary images of their area of concern, and also a description of what their chief complaint is. So before you connect, you'll be able to frame your thoughts and you'll be prepared so you can have a proper conversation in a set period of time. And you can also designate how long you want to speak with the patient. It could be a 10 minute, 15 minute, 30 minute. You can already set that up in advance. And during the process on the Good Checkup Doctor, again, it's so that you can have your office in your hand. You'll be able to indicate on their charting. You'll have a virtual visit where you can even do like a Snapchat feature. Like if you are on the virtual, you can take an image, you can annotate it and send it back to the patient to say like recession here, <laughs> tartar here. And we're soon implementing AI so that in advance, the patient can also take a scan and get a preliminary description of what they might not have even known <laughs> and have a conversation about it. 
that's amazing because I know what you just showed me was obviously the the appointment portion of it. And if you wanted to state that there is a cost or investment for that patient's time and what you're describing to me. So I've been, this is something that you that I didn't share with you yet, but probably 17 years ago, I was talking about electronic health records before anyone was even thinking about it. And so I was teaching a class. I taught a class for nine years on telehealthcare technology. Yeah. And so you're talking about telehealth, y'all. So this has been this has been something that nursing has been doing for a long time. Doctors have been doing this. And and I think psychiatry was probably one of the fields where they used it first. And so what she's talking about now is it's taking a, a, a level up where a patient can say, I have this condition. So when you're doing that initial consult, you can already see what the patient's trying to describe. And then so you can provide that input on, here's what I would recommend, et cetera. And it stores them in their patient file, right? Yes. And one of the beauties of this telehealth is that it can it can create a new connection that wouldn't be possible otherwise. There may be someone that's fearful. They may be overly concerned, but yet not want to reach out. And so when you have this conversation, sure, you will see the area of concern. You'll be able to have that conversation, but you may then be able to lead into something else with them that they may not have noticed previously, or at least the encouragement for them to go ahead and seek care. So there's, a, there's much that you can do with virtual care. And I'm super excited about it. I love that you were in the field because it's essential. Yeah. When she told me this, I was like, you have a what? (laughs) And you guys, so she is, she is the inventor of this and you have, it takes a lot to invest in an app. And so even as you talk about AI with that, I'm just thinking about the investment that you've made in the care portion of it. Um, I was going to say also too, that I love the fact that you can help them you can help them understand what they're going to expect when they come in to see you too because they're probably coming to you for something or probably one thing or maybe it's I need my as they would say it in their words I need my teeth cleaned. Yes. And so you're prepared for what it is and then they're equally prepared for what you're seeing and potentially what that procedure might be. Yes, absolutely. I mean there's so many um things that we can say on that topic from someone who might be dentally anxious or phobic or someone that's just overly concerned about something which may or may not be a big issue. Really having that initial conversation is so valuable so then you can prepare them. So you can say, when you come to the office, this is what we will do. And the person feels a level of comfort because they've already had that initial visit. It's like meeting someone that you've already been introduced to. And that makes a a, a gigantic difference in somebody's life. So they'll know like, okay, when I come in, this is what I can expect. This is what's going to happen. Especially important if say it is someone that's the caregiver to an elderly parent, someone that may or may not have some cognitive degeneration. You may also be speaking with someone that has a child with special needs so that they can prepare in advance, like how long is the procedure going to be? What is going to happen? What should I tell them before we come? So really that initial engagement I feel is critical because to just pop into somebody's office and sit for the unknown is something that a lot of people won't do. Yeah, that's scary. That that initiates that fear and perpetuates that fear, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sitting in the waiting room, just twiddling your thumbs, wondering what it is that's going to happen when you go behind like that door. And it's really terrifying for many. And that holds a lot of people back. And especially with uh, with children, 
it, going to pediatric dentistry, so much of what we do is advice, care, guidance, and they call it anticipatory guidance. So that kind of like says it all, like what are you going to anticipate is going to happen and giving them guidance. And that's very important. So if you're asking someone to show up with a baby, first tooth by first birthday, it's a lot easier to show up virtually if you live in Chicago and it's February with a baby and you may have to take public transportation to have that first visit to be able to say something simple, like don't put them to bed with the bottle. Be careful not to use fruit juices when they get a little bit bigger. We're going to want to talk about the pacifiers. Different things like that are so simple when you can do it virtually and so essential and so life-changing changing if someone were to just tell you and to be able to reach people i think with a mobile phone creates incredible access and that's really what i was hoping. access to care it's access to care and so we talked about the the portion where it's the doctor's portion of what they can see what they can set up but then there's another portion of it that's the that's the patient end of it yes. but then there's also a third where it's yes. the caregiver so yes. tell us about the patient experience and then tell us about the caregiver um, being a pediatric dentist, our first app rollout was what I knew because I was storyboarding this all out as it was being implemented. So Good Checkup Kids is intended for the parent or a grandparent or a caregiver of a child to download. And then using that application, you're able to connect with the provider app. So it's it's simple. It's just a direct conversation. You'll download the app, you select your provider, and then you connect with the provider and then it'll prompt you like, are you coming for emergency care? Is it an initial visit? Have you been seen before? And now it's a follow up. So it just leads you through it. It's easy, like one, two, three. On the other side, we have the geriatric population app. So this is intended for caregivers of adults. So if you have an adult child, or if you have an adult child with special needs, or if you have an adult parent, of course, they're an adult in geriatric, and you're the primary caregiver, then you're able to then connect with your provider on their behalf. And I will go through the same scenario. So is it an emergency? Is it something that's a routine? Did you need to follow up after a visit? Was it perhaps like a periodontal surgery and you're just doing your follow-up? So again, it's just meant to be simple, straightforward, HIPAA compliant, cyber secure. So we're not FaceTiming and not risking having our information flying around everywhere on WhatsApp or you know Facebook and everywhere else. And you can also, when you're done, then on the provider's side, send yourself a copy of the notes and then your staff can input it later. <laughs> so, so I mean, this is such a, uh, the emotion that comes to my mind. It's just such a loving contribution that you've made by creating this capability for everyone because it, and this is exactly what the show is about. It's, and people will say, Kelly, your show is about technology, communication, and leadership. Well, it, it takes all of that to be able sometimes to connect through technology to then lead where you need to be. And in this instance, sometimes people have the challenges of not being able to be somewhere or limitations, transportation, health issues, just like the same reasons why telehealth existed in the first place, where those mobility, those access to care issues. So this truly solves a lot of lot of things. So what a loving contribution to the community. 
Thank you so much. I really intended it to elevate our profession. We have to be able to connect with patients and it takes us to a different mindset. One, you can grow your practice because you're showing your availability. You can Instagram people across the country, but can you really connect with them? If they want to find you, they can talk with you in this way. And so I feel that being able to connect with patients is so important to have that connection, to have that dental home. You may be their dental home virtually. I was just telling the story earlier of a mom that she had a different insurance. It was public insurance. And so she knew she wasn't going to be seeing a pediatric dentist, but she was well-educated. She cared. She wanted to know. She contacted me before she went to the visit. So she knew what to ask. And then she called me again on her way back because she wanted to run past what they had told her to see if it was accurate and what her next steps should be. So you don't always realize like who is in need, but we should make ourselves available. Access to, say, someone um, in a nursing facility that we were talking about earlier is also so essential because the ability to transport that patient is limited. So to have virtual care, it's an essential need. So I feel like we have to have this time decided to go ahead and make it and we're just going to go for it <laughs> because I'm thinking too and I was going to ask you the question about dental home before you mentioned that because I was thinking does this become a platform to make it to have the dentist or you in in this case for this particular instance we'll just use you as that provider do they just see you as needed or how, how does that work? Do they, are they on some type of routine that you guys are agreeing on? Then you set their appointment up, their recurring appointment right on the app again. Is that how they schedule with you? you? It's You can do so many different things with it. Really, the reason I created the app in this way is you can use it the way you need it for your practice. So I can give you a couple of scenarios of what I do. So for one instance is I'll advertise just on my own forward-facing advertisements that I offer virtual care. So I have had people contact me just from learning about good checkup and then wanting to connect with me that needed care, um, let's say in this regard, I was moving my son into his college dormitory and I got a request on good checkup and it was someone that I didn't know. It was a new patient and it was actually the mom of a special needs patient that was very difficult to transport. And she was in a panic because her child seemed to be in pain and the tooth to her looked terrible. It was pink. She didn't know what was going on. It looked cracked. She was frightened. She didn't know if maybe the child put too much force on it. But one look when we see it, it was an exfoliating primary tooth. And so I was able to reassure her because she was ready to go to the emergency room and you go down that rabbit hole, you won't be back for hours. You'll be lost. Yes. Cost and fear for the child and just really, you know, inconvenience of the ultimate. <laughs> so that's one scenario. So I'll do that forward facing with my own patients. Say it was a baby. It was trauma. They can contact me immediately for an emergency visit. We might then decide, do they need to come to the office? Is it something that I could coach them through? Then we'll take care of whatever we have to. I can also do follow-ups. So if everything's looking great, they don't need to come in a month later. I can connect with them virtually to be able to see if the tooth is changing color. So that works well. And I also, in um, the case of one of our local Native American tribes, they have a general dentist on site. They don't have a pediatric dentist. So the general dentist will refer the patient to then contact me 
so that when they come to my office, which is a 90 minute drive, we'll be prepared. So maybe it's an operative case. Maybe it is just a prophylaxis for a special needs patient. Maybe it's going to be an IV sedation appointment. We're able to be efficient. We're able to be helpful. And already that warm intro that they've made virtually helps with the child to think of me like a meet the teacher experience. And I can get a read on what's happening when you see the interplay between the caregiver and the child and you get a little bit of a feel for like what the personality type is going to be. You're also better prepared. But jumping into what you were saying earlier about access to care. I feel that people that live in rural areas don't need to be cut off from information. We have virtual care. We have the technology. So just because you might live three hours from a pediatric dentist doesn't mean that you shouldn't have that information because you can get in your car and drive the three hours if you need to or if it has the value. Or if you can get the proper information, you can guide the provider that's near you. So it really increases access to care for the convenience of the patients and for us to be able to spread our knowledge. We don't have to be in this little tight circle where all these specialists only live in this one area. Or you don't have to be, you don't have to be defined as an operatory chair. Exactly. You know, you are outside of that brick and mortar, literally, and you are making that time more efficient for yourself and just... there's so many it's benefits. Our experience too. Yeah, it's so, about both. Just being a mom of three, when you're at Costco and you want to field a call, it's nice to kind of know what it's about because we don't all answer our phones, guys. You know, because there's so many solicitors. I mean, I nowadays, do you really answer your cell phone? Do you let it go to voicemail? Probably. If it's not in my phone, I'm like, who is this calling me? Exactly. <laughs> who is this texting me? They're not in my phone. Exactly. So it's nice to be able to have that possibility. I've had to actually, like, I've been on the go, like, say we're traveling, we're coming to SmileCon, and you stop and you pull over, you could do a virtual visit for somebody. It's easy. It's on your phone. So that's, that's amazing. So you're really breaking barriers for the provider as well as, as to how to care for them. And then also, you know, they could, they're not having to build a whole other emergency operatory chair to just see emergencies. I'm, I've, I know of doctors who, you, who have a chair available for that in case they need to have emergencies for that day. You do have to, but you know, there's also different things that can open up. Like, say you're a mom, and most of us that might have, you know, had the baby and gone right back to work, you know, hey, you could be at home and you could be seeing patients, and you might be able to refer them to a colleague when you're at home on maternity leave. Like, that's a novel idea. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. And then also, too, something you share with me because I, you know, I'm a hygienist. And so, as I'm thinking about as our our profession as dental hygienist comes into the 21st century, <laughs> if I can say that. But in different areas of the country, they're allowed, there's different regulations that obviously say what we kind of can't do. But you've shared with me an example of one of my colleagues, Sonia Dunbar, who's utilizing the app with the geriatric population. Can you, I don't know, can you talk us through how she's using that, if you don't mind? And earlier we were talking about the fact that each state has, just as you said, different rules and regulations. So we're working on the proper flow because a hygienist that must connect with a dentist to oversee can do this virtually. So in the state of Florida, for instance, 
Sonia Dunbar, registered dental hygienist that many of you probably know, and I work together. She will visit facilities, long-term care facilities, and also assisted living facilities on a routine basis. So she's there boots on the ground. But at the time that she's there, she's using good checkup caregiver so that she can document the patient interactions. And there's photographs that can be taken. There's a virtual visit as needed. And she can send that information over to me on the Good Checkup Doctor app and so that I'm able to give advice and care. And if somebody requires a prescription, we can initiate that. If they need a referral, we can initiate that. We have then local dentists that these patients can see as needed. And so just depending on what services are required, we're able to do that straight from the facility so the patient doesn't have to be uprooted. And in many cases, they sometimes actually physically cannot. So as needed, then when I come up, we'll be able to provide the services, we'll be able to bring the equipment necessary and just get to it to do it. Yeah. And I'm thinking too about the workforce shortages, both for dentists and dental hygienists. I mean, when you look at the numbers also for dentists, those numbers are waning just for in terms of how many are graduating and staying in the profession. So I think additionally, this addresses, it gives the doctor and hygienist the capability to care for, for more throughout the day, right? Because they're not confined to or defined by an operatory. Exactly. And what it can also do is it can kind of open your opportunities to give back to communities too. And it's not really inconveniencing a provider to like uproot them and take yourself somewhere because your advice and your care virtually is very valuable. That's what I'd like to emphasize. It's not just the physical doing. You can find people to physically do if it's necessary, but to have that patient interaction, to be able to have the opportunity to educate them is so valuable. And if you happen to be from a certain community that you may or may not be able to reach depending on where you are right now, and you really want to give back, you can. So if you came from, say, a rural community and you really moved to New York City, you know, and so you want to kind of go to that little rural upper state, you know, upper New York State town, you can, you can be there for advice and care. So I, I think that Again, going back to technology, technology is intended to convenience and help people. And so that's what we're really going to connect to connect. It's the communication issue. And here we are. (laughs) I am just so grateful. How do I have this information in your show notes, obviously, but is there a way that people can reach out to you? Is it do you have a website? I do. It's goodcheckup.com. Or you can email me directly at drsandor at goodcheckup.com. And if you want to text me, you can do that too, 239-269-3703. You can make an appointment through the app. I'm kidding. Don't do that. <laughs> just, I'd love to have more people just contact me and tell me about their workflows because that's what I want to do. I want to convenience people's workflows and I want to increase access to care. So that's our mission. So what would be a good idea? I'm thinking is almost like a focus group of dental hygienists. If you're if you're thinking about something like that, that you guys, that's your charge. Get together a group of hygienists. I mean, I could do it, but I know a lot of you all care about this stuff too. So let's help her out to get a workflow solution together for this, like a focus group to give you input on different settings that everyone's in and they can help you 
go through it and like you said, storyboard it, but say, okay, if this, then this, if this, then this, and how do they operationalize that from where they are? That would be incredible. I would absolutely love that because I know people really do want to help. That's why we're in this profession. We want to help people. So if you see the interest, um, maybe amongst some of your colleagues and you want to get together, please call me. Yes. Well, thank you so much for being here. I am. This has just been such a, I'm grateful. This was a, it was a moment, wasn't it? It was a divine appointment, as I call it. (laughs) I'm so excited that I was here with you today. Thank you so much. I'm excited to talk to your followers and let's do it. Let's do it. Well, to all of our listeners, thank you so much for all that you do on a day-to-day basis, taking care of our patients in our community. I always ask my favor, give me five stars, go to the dental handoff, five stars on Apple is what matters. Bye. (laughs) And then go on over to YouTube, like, subscribe, share with the friends who you love, tell them more about all the great things that you're learning and keep up the good work, my friends. Until next time. Thank you. Thank you.